Our special guest on Christ in Prophecy today is an evangelist named Dr. Jimmy Phillips, who has been preaching Bible prophecy for 70 years all over the world. Stay tuned for a fascinating interview full of insights about God's prophetic word. Lamb and Lion Ministries presents Christ in Prophecy, a program that focuses on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy, showing how current events in the news relate to biblical predictions of end time events and the soon return of Jesus. Now, here's your host, Dr. David Reagan. Greetings in the name of Jesus, our blessed hope, and welcome to Christ in Prophecy. My colleague Nathan Jones and I have as our very special guest today, Evangelist Jimmy Phillips from Amarillo, Texas. In 2017, Dr. Phillips completed 70, count them, 70 years of evangelistic work since he preached his very first sermon in 1947 in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Since that time, he has preached in over 50 nations all over the world. Welcome, Dr. Phillips. Hey, Great to have my, you on the program. My yes, brother, pleasure. we're glad to have you. My pleasure to be here. Thank you. You know, folks, on the 70th anniversary of Dr. Phillips' ministry, the Amarillo, Texas newspaper ran a feature story about him and his ministry. And in the interview, he gave them, he described his pre-Christian days as traveling in rodeos, sleeping in horse trailers, and chasing girls. <laughs> he got saved at age 17 at a revival in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and he set out immediately to share the good news of Jesus with others. Now, he didn't have a car, so he hitchhiked everywhere he was invited to preach. He told the newspaper, and I quote him, he said, I didn't have a car. I had a guitar. I had an amplifier, an old gray suitcase, and I would tape the name of the city that I was going to on the side of the suitcase and just set it on the side of the highway and wait for a ride. And oh, brother, did the Lord ever take him for a ride. Since that time, as Nathan said, he's preached in 50 different countries, including Korea, where he preached at what was then the world's largest church. Dr. Phillips, amidst all this frenetic activity of traveling all over the world, did you ever have time to get married? Well, fortunately I did. I met a beautiful lady named Joyce. I call her Sweet Joyce. The Lord brought us together, and we had a beautiful marriage of many years. And she sang at your meetings, didn't she? Yes. Yeah. She sang in my meetings all over the world, even though they, the song couldn't be interpreted, but they, <laughs> they, in, they understood the spirit of yes, the song. Yes. And, and she, uh, she went home to the Lord recently? She went with the Lord. She went to heaven three years ago. Okay. And uh, I miss her very much, but uh, she traveled with me many places in the world. Well, tell us about how you ended up preaching at the largest church in the world. I love that story. You told her earlier, and I'm sure they'd love to hear it as well. Well, it's incredible. I'm not given to visions and dreams, Nathan. Uh, I'm not trying to be sensational, but I did have a dream early one morning, about 4, 4.30 in the morning, that I was in a hotel coffee shop and Dr. Paul Yonji Cho, the pastor of the largest church in the entire world of any denomination, he came into that coffee shop. <laughs> I went over and sat down beside him and uh, had a cup of coffee with him and he invited me to his church. Okay. Now, I, Sweet Joyce and I talked about that when we were drinking coffee about seven o'clock in the morning and laughed about it. He has 10,000 associate pastors. <laughs> 10,000? And, uh, <laughs> and uh, the, many of them have never preached once in his church in okay. a lifetime. 
And uh, so we thought it was a, I thought it was a joke, but that dream kept coming back to me, the sensation of it in, during the daytime. And so lo and behold, one week later, I was sitting in a hotel coffee shop in Sacramento, California. I gave thanks for my food. I looked up and the same man that was in my dream wow. walked through wow. those glass doors. That's in Sacramento, show, huh? California. I thought I was hallucinating <laughs> all this travel, the same man. And when he came in, there was it was crowded, but there was about 10 empty chairs. They seated him over there. So I kept looking at him and I thought, well, you know, that's the same amount was in my dream. Okay. So being wow. the shy person that I am, <laughs> I stood up and went over to his table and introduced myself to him. I okay. said, is your name Cho? He stood up, said, yes, I'm Paul Yonji Cho, pastor of the Central Full Gospel Church in Seoul, Korea. Now it's a million member church now? It, they had 750,000 members at that time. That's huge. Today they have one million Members, not a church, not a congregation, not a denomination, not a group of churches. One church, one church. Okay. by far the largest church in the world. And you got to talk to him. I got to talk to him. He asked me to sit down, and drink some coffee, just like in the dream. Huh. So his bodyguards started coming in. And that's why there were vacant chairs there. You see, he could influence the national election uh, with the men members that he has, and as subservient as the Oriental people are. Okay. And so he. He, uh, I didn't want to press my luck, so I just reached my pocket, handed him a business card, and before Christmas of that year, that was in October, before Christmas that year I received a letter from him, hmm. inviting me to come preach in his church. The next October, Sweet Joyce and I were on that platform. Dr. Lee, who is now the senior pastor of the church, interpreted for me, and he was Billy Graham's official interpreter, he interpreted for me, and Sweet Joy sat in Dr. Cho's chair oh. on the pulpit. How many sermons did you have to give? How many I just, services? I just did preach that one, but Over there how, were five services that five night. Service. And how many people per service? Uh, I preached to 50,000 live bodies. <laughs> wow, 50,000. Uh, 50,000, okay. and somebody took a picture of people that were outside, and there were 20,000 people trying to get in. <laughs> while I was preaching. Well, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Now, how did you get into Bible prophecy? Because you've been a Bible prophecy ministry for seven years, has that always been the case? What what got you excited about it? You know, it? Nathan, I have always uh, preached some Bible prophecy, okay. but for the last 40 years, I have concentrated on eschatology, which is a full-time thing with me. I study every day in Bible prophecy, and I'm preaching Bible prophecy every week. Mm -hmm. So it's exciting thinking that we're living in the season of the rapture of the church and the second coming of Christ, which are two different things. And uh, it's exciting to know that, and we need to reach this world while we can because the rapture of the church is imminent. So are you saying to me that at age 87, you are still going strong teaching and preaching Bible prophecy? I'm going strong, uh, very now, strong. Now, my understanding is that you have a meeting once a month at a hotel in Amarillo where you teach Bible prophecy and you have a people from all kinds of churches there. And then you also teach at your own church on Sunday mornings, uh, not at the church that you attend, right? That is correct, Dr. Reagan. I have this uh, 
Bible Prophecy Seminar the first Monday of every month in a hotel ballroom. Okay. And then I'm teaching a class on Bible prophecy. Well, let, let me ask you this. Uh, you, you've been teaching Bible prophecy for 70 years, and I imagine you've been saying for 70 years, the Lord's coming soon. What do you say to a person who comes up to you and says, now look, Dr. Phillips, you've been preaching for 70 years. Jesus is about to return. He hadn't returned. So what's the deal? Yeah, what's the deal? <laughs> well, the deal is uh, I, I preach it first of all because the Bible teaches it. Amen. And the Bible Amen. is inerrant. The Bible is without uh, mistakes. And the holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Spirit. So I preach it because the Bible teaches it, but also the convergence of the signs that yes. we have today point to the rapture of the church. Yes. And by the way, I might mention uh, to, to, there's a big misunderstanding. There's nothing in the Bible about the sign for the rapture, but there are many signs for the second coming of Jesus, which is the revelation yes. seven years after the rapture. and But we are seeing birth pains and we're seeing a prelude of all of that in the signs of the second coming of Jesus. Okay. And that makes you want to proclaim it to everybody. Huh? That's <laughs> right. Like and it makes you a pre-tribulationist. Yes. <laughs> Why do you believe there's so many different views of end time Bible prophecy? I think there's a lot of views of end time Bible prophecy because 10,220 were uh, chapters in the Bible were prophetic at the time they were written. And many people don't really study Bible prophecy. That's why a lot of preachers never preach on Bible prophecy. It takes a lot of work. It's yes, hard work. It does. And, uh, but 28% of the entire Bible was prophetic at the time that it was written. Well, you've made a good point there, uh, Dr. Phillips. Uh, uh, quite often preachers will say to me, I'm not premillennial, I'm not postmillennial, I'm not, I am panmillennial. I just believe it will all work out in the end. Now, to me, what that person is saying to me is I'm too lazy to study. Absolutely. That's what it's saying. Because it does take some study. That's, it takes work. It takes study. I, I study hours every day. I think the so many different views is because of the tendency of people to spiritualize prophecy and say, well, it doesn't really mean what it says. Now, let me tell you what it means. And then they start spiritualizing it. I think another reason that uh, there's so many different views is I grew up in a church that never studied the Old Testament. How can you understand New Testament prophecy if you don't know Old Testament prophecy? That's right. Mm -hmm. I mean, Daniel and Revelation fit together like a hand Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, the book of Revelation is not a long book, 22 oh, no. chapters, 404 verses, but it has some apocalyptic chapters and some parenthetical chapters. And if people would study that with the idea that it's coming to pass, then their eyes would be open to Bible prophecy. Well, if you're working with a new person, let's say that's just studying, beginning to study Bible prophecy for the first time ever, what key would you give them to understanding Bible prophecy? What, would you, what advice would you give them about understanding God's prophetic Word? I think they need to read the Bible and do three things. See who's talking, see what they're talking about, and see who they're talking to. Okay. And that will help you get a proper exegesis of that verse of Scripture. Yeah. But a lot of people don't do that. They just read the Bible like they read the newspaper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they don't really get a spiritual perception of the Word of God. Now, over the 70 years that you've been preaching, how has that message been received? I mean, do you see a change in people's attitudes towards the study of Bible prophecy? I think people are more hungry today, Nathan, okay. about Bible prophecy than they've ever been. 
But there's and a famine of the teaching then. That's right. Okay. And uh, I, I see people, I get stopped in the grocery store, the bank, the post office, people I don't even know, ask me what in the world is going on. Mm -hmm. The news is full of Bible prophecy, even though people don't recognize it. Well, why are pastors Bible. ignoring it when people really want to know what it says? I don't understand. I don't understand, except I hate to use this word, but I think there's a lot of lazy preachers and they're not studying Bible prophecy. 28% of the entire Bible was prophetic but at the But many time. of them say to me, well, it's too controversial. I'm afraid I'll, I'll just get people fighting among each other in the congregation, so I'm just going to ignore it. Yeah. <laughs> well, they do, and they ignore. And, and unfortunately, 60% of the churches today are on the decline in America because the Word of God is not being preached. Some of the churches is just get a book review or something to feel good. Welcome back to Christ and Prophecy and our interview of evangelist Jimmy Phillips, who has been preaching for 70 years. I love to say that, 70 yeah, years. Yeah, thank you. That is amazing. Over those 70 years, you've been preaching that the Lord is coming back soon. Do you believe now more than ever that we're living in the season of the Lord's return? And if so, why? I believe it more than ever we're living in the season of the Lord's return because convergent of the signs of the time. Convergence meaning they're all meaning, coming together. They're all coming together. When we say signs of times, we're talking about signs of nature, signs of society, signs of weather, signs of politics, that the Bible prophesied happen in the end times are all happening now. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, okay. You know, the signs that Jesus gave in Luke 21 and Matthew chapter 24 are being fulfilled right now. Convergence. I've never in my lifetime seen all the signs come together like they're coming together today. Okay. So that to me tells me that the rapture of the church is imminent. People need to understand there's a difference between the rapture of the church and the second coming of Jesus. They're seven mm -hmm. years apart. So the rapture of the church is what is imminent today. And But the signs of the second coming of Christ are converging together more than ever before. And that yes. motivates us. Well, brother, I noticed that you got a pen on similar to the one that we have on with showing the flag of the United States and the flag of Israel. So I would assume by that that you must feel that the signs of Israel are very important. I feel like the sign of Israel when David Ben-Gurion went to that art museum, 400 reporters there on May 14, 1948, when he read a speech of 997 words that took him precisely 17 minutes and declared Israel a nation. That is the greatest sign, in my opinion, of all the signs that we're living in the end time. Yeah, it's sort of the cornerstone of end time Bible prophecy because end time Bible prophecy focuses on the nation of Israel. Yeah, because absolutely. what's going to happen is that God's going to pick up where he left off in that uh, 70 weeks of years of Daniel and yes. finish all the things that he intended to do among the Jewish people, including bringing a great remnant to salvation. Absolutely. Amen. Amen, brother. Okay, well, let me ask you this. This, this gets a little theological. Uh, many people believe that uh, the pre-millennial viewpoint is the predominant view in the church today, and it is not at all. 
the predominant view in the church today among most denominations and the Catholic Church, and that's the vast majority of all Christians, is amillennial. It's the teaching that we're living in the millennium right now, and that uh, there is not going to be any future reign of Jesus here on this earth, uh, that He's reigning right now from heaven, and one day He'll just come and take us, and that'll be it. How do you respond to someone who believes in that? Well, I respond to them that if we were living in the millennium, then the earth would be different than it is now. The Bible says be like the days of Eden. The animals wouldn't be wild. The children would put their hands in a rattlesnake hole and not be hurt. A man that dies at a hundred years old would be considered a child. So we're not living in the millennium. Well, you just don't understand. All those things need to be interpreted spiritually, you see. They don't Uh really mean what they say. Well, they mean what they say. (laughs) (laughs) They just do. (laughs) All the first coming prophecies meant what they said. So why shouldn't the second coming prophecies mean what they said? And it's my understanding also all millennialism, not that we're only living in the millennium today. Some that teach all millennialism believe that there will never be a millennial reign. Well, but, that's but, right. Yeah, A, no, but no millennium. The word A, the letter A, all millennialism. Not a literal uh, yeah. thousand year yeah. reign, that's right. Uh, you know, uh, we have a friend uh, who's a Bible prophecy teacher. You probably know him, Arnold Fruchtenbaum. Yes. And Arnold says, if we're living in the millennium now, we're living in the slum area. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because even Satan is supposed to be bound during the thousand years. One thousand years, he's not bound. No, he? he's pretty active. If he active. is, he's on a very long chain. <laughs> <laughs> now, a few times you've been saying the rapture happens before the tribulation. You have you support then the pre-tribulational rapture. I, view, I right? support it, and I, I could give you many reasons. Yeah, tell but me about give you one. Yeah. One reason mm-hmm. is in the fourth chapter of the book of Revelation, is the rapture of the church. John has come up hither, which the Greek word means snatch, up hither. Mm-hmm. He went to heaven. That's the fourth chapter of the book of Revelation. There are 22 chapters in the book of Revelation. The church is not mentioned again. The church is gone. Yeah, it's really mentioned the, end, right? the first three chapters, though. It's a focus the, the, on the church. 19 yeah. times in the first three yeah. chapters, the word church is man. used. And then, yeah. not, and then it's not used again. The entire book of Revelation, With except the for the bride of Christ coming back. Okay. So the, that's a strong reason why I'm a premillennialist. And I, another thing, I, why if I w- if I was not a premillennialist, I was going to go through the tribulation period, then I'm going to miss the bema seat judgment. I'm going to miss the crowns. I'm going to miss the bride of Christ. I'm going to miss the marriage supper of the Lamb. I'm going to miss the marriage, and I'm going to miss coming back with Jesus. The post-millennial, I call them the yo-yo theory. They go up and turn around and come right back down. Yeah. So, raptured, uh, raptured back when Jesus comes so, back. So uh, common sense tells you that we should be premillennial. And you know, another thing that's always uh, impressed me is the fact that if you read about the rapture in 1 Thessalonians and you read about the second coming in Revelation 19, those two events are just as different as night Absolutely. and day. There's, not, there's nothing in common except Jesus. That's it. But in one He comes forth the church, the other he returns with the church. With the church. You know, and one he comes as a deliverer, the other he comes as a warrior. Uh, it, it's just so different. And one so, he comes in the clouds and doesn't touch the earth, the next time he comes. Comes to the earth. He comes to the earth and uh, on the Mount of Olives and it cleaves from the east to the so west. So basically, when we talk about the second coming, we're t- saying that the second coming occurs in two stages. First stage, is Jesus appearing for His church, mm-hmm. and then He comes back with His church. I call it R&R. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Rapture revelation. Okay, okay. Well, uh, 
You know, there are some people who say that the book of Revelation is like a Chinese puzzle that no one can understand. What do you have to say about well, that? Well, I say this. You need to read the book of Revelation. There's three divisions. God told John in, in, uh, uh, in 95 AD to talk about three things. The one the, the, that was in the past, that's in the present, and the what is in the future. That's all in chapter one where it says All in that. chapter one. There's your index for the whole book. The whole book. Yeah. All right. He spent two chapters of, uh, uh, he spent some time talking about what was in the past. He spent some time talking about what is now or in his day. Then 19 chapters about what is in the future. So we're living in those 19 chapters of what is in the future. And so we need to interpret it. Now, the book of Revelation primarily is in chronological order, but not all of it. That's right. Not mm -hmm. all of it. And another thing, uh, the, there are some parenthetical chapters right. in the book of Revelation, parenthetical passages. Meaning? There's apocalyptic uh, utterances in the book of Revelation. And when you say parenthetical, you mean it's like taking a break? Uh, taking a break. <laughs> okay. Parentheses, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, the action builds up, and then there's a parenthesis where the reader is is assured everything's going to turn out all right, and then it starts the action again. Well, as an example, the six seals yes. that were open, uh, the the seven seals are going to be open. In the sixth chapter of Revelation, it deals with only six of the seals. Yeah. Then the seventh chapter of Revelation doesn't mention them at all. There's a parenthetical chapter, but the eighth chapter deals with the seventh seal. So I find, I find many Christians say that they're just scared of the book of Revelation. They say it's scary and, and, and they don't want to read it. Why, why should a person read the book of Revelation? Well, the book of Revelation sheds light on everything in our day. We shouldn't be scared of the book of Revelation. The Bible calls it a revelation, which comes from a word uncovering, uh, uh, un right. revealing uh, comes from that Greek word right. that means to take the lid off is what yes. it really means. Yes. So we shouldn't be afraid of it. We should get into it right. more than ever before. Well, you know, there, there is a lot of bad news in the book of Revelation, but that bad news is for people who have rejected Jesus Christ. There's only good news for those of us who have, have received Him. In fact, I would say the overall message of the book of Revelation is we win in the end. That's right. We've read the last chapter. <laughs> Praise God. And when you read that, you're blessed. Revelation 1-3 says, Blessed is he who reads yes. and those who hear the Holy words of this prophecy and keeps those things which are written in it for the time is near. We are promised a blessing when we read Revelation. Absolutely. That's the only book in the Bible yep. that promises a, a, a special blessing for those that read. Wow. Well, I used to read that and I would pause right there and pray, Lord, as I read this book, I claim this promise Help me to understand it better this Amen. time than I've ever understood it before. Amen. And every time I would understand more than I understood before. Amen. God wants us to understand the Absolutely. book of Revelation. He's, he wants to communicate with us. Well, you know, in the 14th chapter of John, the Bible says uh, that the Holy Spirit knows all things. The Three things. The Holy Spirit knows all things. The Holy Spirit will teach you all things, and the Holy Spirit will bring to your remembrance there you go. all things. All of that's okay. in the 14th chapter of John, in addition to the rapture of yes. the church. So uh, we need to read it, and, and we need to pray that the Holy Spirit will open up our understanding, and the anointing of the Holy Spirit yes. comes upon us as we read the book of Revelation, and it will re be revealed to us. Do you have a favorite verse? Uh, yes, and I do. And if so, why? Tell us what it is, and if so. All right, it'd be in the second chapter of the book of Ephesians. Okay. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself. 
It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Okay. That tells us about our salvation. That tells us about our walk with Jesus. And that tells us about our future. So that's why it's my favorite. Well, I love that too. And, and it's one of the things that separates Christianity from all other religions in the world. You know, uh, one of our friends is Robert Jeffress, who is the pastor of First Baptist Church yes, in Dallas. And, yes. and he often says, Every religion in the world says do, except Christianity. Christianity says done. Done. It's all been <laughs> like done that. by Jesus on the cross. We don't have to go out Praise and God. work to earn our salvation. Now, how, that, that passage does teach that once we are saved by faith through grace, there are works that we should do for the Absolutely. Lord Jesus Christ. Not to earn salvation. No. But to advance His kingdom. We're not saved by works, but thank God we are to work. <laughs> yeah. For 70 years. Yeah, 70 <laughs> years, non nonstop. And you're not planning on stopping. I don't plan on stopping until the rapture of the church. Okay. I'm lo looking for a hole in the ground. I'm looking for a hole in the sky. <laughs> Praise God. That's great. <laughs> Amen. Well, well, brother, I can, I can hardly wait for that event. Amen. I hope it Amen. in our lifetime. Amen. Welcome back to Christ in Prophecy and our interview of evangelist Jimmy Phillips who has been teaching for 70 years. Dr. Phillips, tell our viewers how they can get in touch with your ministry. Thank you, Dr. Reagan. Uh, I would be happy to hear from you. You can contact me by my web, by my email address, dr.jimmyphillips at gmail.com. Thank you very much. Excellent. Well, Dr. Phillips, I'm really impressed by your life story. At 17 years old, God transformed your life and you spent a life committed to Him. That life was changed. There are people out there watching. They need a transformation in their lives. Can you tell them how they can be transformed for Jesus Christ? Yes, I would. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, the vicarious death of Jesus Christ and His efficacious shed blood on the cross 2,000 years ago is for you. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you can accept Him now. There can be a creative act of the Holy Spirit in your heart, and your name can be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. If you die or the rapture of the church takes place, you can go to heaven. Pray a simple prayer like, Dear Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. Come into my heart. Write my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. I want to serve you. When you do that, then get into a Bible-preaching church and read your Bible, pay your tithe, and believe God and live a Christian life. And God will bless you. And this ministry here will be of great help to you if you will contact them. God bless you. Thank you, Dr. Phillips. And may the Lord go with you and bless your ministry. Well, folks, that's our program for this week. I hope it's been a blessing to you, and I hope the Lord willing you'll be back with us again next week. Until then, this is Dave Reagan speaking for Lamb and Lion Ministries saying, Look up, be watchful, for our redemption is drawing near. Dr. David Reagan's book, God's Plan for the Ages, contains a comprehensive overview of all aspects of Bible prophecy. It's written in an easy-to-understand, down-to-earth style that you will find appealing. In addition to all the prophecies concerning the first and second comings of the Messiah, it deals with a host of other prophetic questions such as, what happens when you die? What will heaven be like? What's the future of the earth? Where is the United States in prophecy? When is the rapture most likely to occur? Is the Antichrist alive today? Are there signs of the times that are unique to our day and age? 
The book contains a variety of charts and diagrams which illustrate various aspects of Bible prophecy. The book is available for a gift of $20 or more, including the cost of shipping. Please call the number you see on the screen Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Central Time, and ask for it by name, or order online at lamblion.com. The book contains 42 exciting chapters about Bible prophecy and runs a total of 415 pages. Again, it can be yours for a gift of $20 or more, including shipping. And for a limited time, we will include a copy of Dr. Reagan's booklet, Are You Ready for the Lord's Return? Ask for offer number 751 when calling the number you see on the screen, or order on our website at lamblion.com. Thank you for joining us on today's Christ in Prophecy, a presentation of Lamb and Lion Ministries, a non-denominational ministry dedicated to teaching the fundamentals of biblical prophecy and proclaiming the soon return of Jesus. 